the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I'm your host, Ben South, along with my co-host, Danny Smith. How are you today, Danny? Hey, Ben. I'm good today. Always excited to be a part of the podcast. I look forward to it every week, and hopefully the listeners uh, look forward to it every week as well. But I'm good. I'm excited to be with you. How are you? I'm doing well. We're on the backside of Memorial Day now recording this. Last time we met, we were on the other side of it. Looking forward to the holiday. Did y'all have a good weekend with family and friends? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Rode a few roller coasters on uh, Saturday and ate some fried fish on Monday. Uh, preached an okay sermon between those two. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, the roller coasters and the fish might have been better than the sermon. Depends on who you ask. But uh, it was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got that day. And with all the busyness coming up, it was nice to, to just take a breath and enjoy a little bit of time. How about you? How did it go for you? Well, you know, our weekend did not happen like we planned it to. We had some, uh, I had some honeydew tasks that I was supposed to do finishing up in our house projects. And we had some sickness that came through our family and extended family that kind of changed some of our plans this weekend. So we just kind of hunkered down and stayed close to home all weekend and did not much, but it was good to just kind of have a slower pace for a few days. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is you brought something home, got folks sick, sick to avoid doing the, uh, the honeydew list is that how that happened that's, that's i don't know impressive. that i brought i don't think i brought it home i was helping take care of some others in the extended family but that's right you know, that's there right. was a list of things and there's still a list of things i have to do this weekend that didn't get done last weekend yeah yeah that list you know you can mark off a dozen things and it just reproduces at rapid rates and so i feel for you i'm with you i've got the same kind of list well honestly talking lists what i'll do at the end of the day is i'll go add the other things on the list that i did that didn't make it to the list but got done so i feel like i actually got a few more things done yeah i like that but speaking of lists here's something our listeners need to add to their list to do they need to check out our sponsor danny tell them about it yeah we're so thankful for central baptist college If you need a college degree, but you don't feel like you have the time, the Pace College Degree Program at Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas, has a proven in-class, online, or hybrid course format and multiple degrees to fit your busy schedule. They know you can't quit your full-time job, which is why they've developed a flexible format that's helped adults for 20 years earn their degree while working full-time. Here's how you can get started. Visit cbc.edu slash online, apply for admission. You can request a virtual meeting. A personal enrollment counselor will help you enroll in classes. Visit cbc.edu slash online today so you can earn your degree and you can reach your goals. We are thankful for CBC. Today we've got a great guest with us on uh, online and Dan Carson is a friend of mine. He actually is a host of another podcast called Student Ministry Matters. Had opportunity to be their guest a few weeks ago and glad to have Dan with us. Dan, welcome to the show. It's great to be on the podcast with you. Well, Dan, to start out, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry, where you serve, and what God has you doing. Well, I've been in ministry for 30 years now. I'm currently the family pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Fayetteville, Arkansas, with lead pastor Kurt Shelton. Um, My responsibilities include cradle to college, and that's a great descriptor with all sorts of things. That's just two steps away from hearing that and other duties as assigned by pastor. (laughs) That's for um, sure. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> this last year, I've done a lot of those, as as many of us have in this chair two leader position, um, trying to figure out the digital format, how we give, how we do all of these things. Um, but it's it's been it's been a challenge. It's been fun. In addition to that, I'm the director of Student Ministry Matters. Um, that is the public face of the BMA of Arkansas Youth Department. And so I work with student pastors and student ministry workers to encourage and provide things for them to help them as they seek to impact the next generation for Christ. And that's great. So have you been primarily in student ministry your whole ministry career? It has been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, back in 91, when I surrendered to the ministry in the floor of my friend Rob Hager's dorm room, um, I said, okay, God, whatever you want. And God took that literally. <laughs> and so I have done just about everything that I can think of in student ministry. Many of those years have been youth and music. And so I was at Temple Baptist Church in Rogers, Arkansas for nine years before coming here to Calvary. Um, so that's been 13 of those 30 years have been specific with youth ministry. Um, but even before that, it's been hit and miss of different places and different ways that I've served with students. So a big chunk of that time has been with student ministry. You know, there's a, a really funny uh, meme out there um, that shows uh, an older gentleman and uh, says, ministry doesn't age you. I've been in youth ministry for three years. And of course he looks, you know, 80 or 90 years old. So yeah, that 30 years with youth and teenagers and uh, like you're doing now, cradle to college, um, those ministries, uh, a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about what those ministries ought to look like, maybe yeah. what they look like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, what they should look like now. So just in your role as a family minister, uh, talk about that cradle to college, just some of the uh, ways that you sort of with, you know, the years of experience that you have that you sort of approach this new uh, job because, uh, you know, that family pastor role seems to be something in the last, um, I, I would say the last decade feels like it's become a little more prominent. Um, so how, how has that experience kind of helped you uh, in this new position? Well, it has. You you end up with a lot of families and a lot of church members that still expect my role to be pretty much the youth pastor. And so I am that guy. I fulfill a lot of those roles. I'm connecting with students. I'm going to ball games and concerts and chatting with them on social media or wherever it is. Um, but being in the role of family ministry, I see a broader perspective. Um, a broader picture than, than I ever did before. And, you know, before coming here, I didn't, honestly, I just didn't give it a lot of thought. I thought, okay, we're going to take care of students. We're going to get them ready for the world. Um, but it is a part of the entire ministry of the church. You're going from that cradle through their children's ministry into student ministry and leading them into that next phase of life and helping them really accept and embrace their relationship with Christ in a way that they can be disciple makers. Um, and that's, again, not something that I've always thought about um, being 40. Well, I'm almost, well, I'm almost 49. I've lost track of how old I am, but I'm, I'm ancient. I'm like grandpa when it comes to student ministry. I don't have any grandkids of my own yet, um, but it's, I know that's coming. Uh, but when you look at all the gray hair this last year has put on me, it is, it is obvious that I'm an old man in this sort of ministry. 
but age doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, what you find is you've got um, that experience of seeing things now and seeing the need for us to pour into those parents and pour into those families in a way that we haven't done before. And so it's that's my hope is that what I'm doing here and that what I can do when working with other student ministry workers is help them embrace that idea so that we'll have a much longer term impact. Yeah, because in student ministry, it's rare to have a long, long tenure there. I think what is the average is less than three years uh, for student pastors. I haven't looked at the data on that specifically in a while. Uh, it, it used to always be 18 months. Okay. You know, you'd last 18 months. And I'll, I'll be honest, I kind of fit that, that, that pattern when I was early in my ministry as I was bouncing between college and then seminary and then those first few places. Um, but now I think that there are some that that are lasting much longer. In fact, Ben, I think your student pastor has been there for a long 20 time. 20 plus it? years now. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, that's fantastic when you get those long-term guys. I think of my friend Dave Vandegriff, who served in two different churches as a youth pastor. He was 12 years in one place and 13 years in the other or something close to that. And man, you, when you get to see students go from kindergarten through their graduation Oh, man, it's it's a really cool thing. And I think one of the things with that is a lot of people see the student ministry not as the maybe the end goal of, of staying here long term. They maybe view it as a stepping stone to a senior pastor or another role. And they don't see it as the this is the goal or can be a goal in ministry. They view it as this is the steps I've got to get to to where I really want to be. And maybe some churches even view it that way. But there is potential for longevity in some of these ministries. I think even probably in your age, you know, you told us how old you were. Yeah. But how long you've been in ministry? He's not that much older than I am. It's not that old. (laughs) That is not that old. What I Um, noticed, uh, Dan, is not my gray hair. Is when I got a haircut the other day, I'm like, wow, that's a lot thinner than it should be. But anyway, we won't confess uh, what we look like. That's why it's all audio only. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my grandfather used to always say, I don't care what color the hair turns as long as it doesn't turn loose. Yeah, that's right. You know, churches viewed it. Yeah, you're right. Churches viewed that role in terms terms of stepping stone in terms of, of moving on quicker. And, um, you know, it's easy to kind of get into that mindset and, uh, you know, Ben, you were talking about your guy that had been there for so long. And, uh, so don't yeah, I, that where, memory. <laughs> I remember where I was going now. Um, you know, at that point when you've been in there that age, you've seen them from birth to, a, you know, adulthood, marriage and, and yeah, families, yeah. uh, you, your role changes, I would think as a youth minister and as a pastor, you become more of a, instead of the buddy youth pastor who's doing fun things, you become the youth pastor, almost sage, who is the wise one we can go to, who has the wisdom. Does, is that something you see kind of a shift from perspective? It is. Um, yeah, I've never thought of myself as as the sage, uh, but I, I get more and more of those questions about, well, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, yeah, I have. Um, in fact, I was I was just sitting here thinking about one of your church members, who uh, Ellen Westerman, who is a part of of Central there in Conway, who was in my youth group at Eastside in Conway way back in the day, and I've seen her grow up. I've seen her have kids and have family. Um, and so now I can see, I see things that work and have worked 
and then I see things that that haven't worked. And and I guess probably the the hardest part is looking back at some of those early years and thinking about student ministry that we did in the '90s, um, and how it was a good time, but did it make a long term impact on those students? How many of those students are still active in their church or involved with their families? And not enough. And so that that's one of the hard things for me to realize and for, for many of us that are on the older side of the yeah. student ministry. So, so having those years of perspective to be able to look back on your specific ministry, you know, there are people who have stuck with it and probably many who haven't as well. Right, what do right. you see as the keys for the ones who stuck with it were the keys in the ministry early on that had lasting fruit? Sure. Yeah. And there is a, a lot of different things, a lot of different factors that go into that. Um, one of them that I think that we don't talk about enough, and I was on another podcast referring to this, and is, is to be sure of your calling, um, to really understand that God has called you to ministry. Now, uh, one of the gentlemen that I was speaking to on this podcast said, well, I never felt like God called me into student ministry. It's just kind of where I landed. In a way, God has called him into ministry. Um, but to me, that's important. When it gets tough, when it gets difficult to be ready to, to stand and say, okay, I don't understand why this has happened or what's going on here, but I am certain that God has, has led me into this place. So I'm going to trust that he's teaching me something or he's teaching these people something, even when it gets hard. And that's one. I mean, there are a number of things um, that you can do to, to keep going in that process. But, boy, that, that sure is a big place, to, an important place to start. And, you know, that's also on the church, uh, that local congregation, to recognize that as well. Because, you know, yes. um, talk about that 90s era type youth ministry. That's what I came up in. And then I was a youth minister late 90s into those, you know, early to mid 2000s. And, you know, there was always this and being you hit on it. There was always the sense of, hey, well, one day when you're a real minister or you are a real preacher, right? You got the Sunday after Christmas to preach, you know, type thing or Memorial Day weekend to preach. And so helping the church understand that that this student ministry or or family ministry, that cradle to college, you know, preparing them to serve uh, the Lord for the rest of their life, that disciple maker, you know, there was a time where we used to joke, my wife and I, that your youth minister and your mascot for the church type thing, you know, and and so now trying to go, wait a minute, this this person's a disciple maker who is helping families, um, is connecting it to the overall ministry of the church. Do you, do you, uh, I don't, I don't want to be too, do you sense that there's a, um, do you sense that there's a movement in local churches just from your vantage point, the churches that you get to survey that, you know, um, how do we see the student ministry connected to the overall ministry of our church? And how can we make sure that that calling in that young person's life or whoever that may be, uh, may not be young. It could be anybody. Do you, do you sense that churches uh, need help with that? Do you sense that there's a way that we can do better with that from the chair one role? Because I think sometimes the chair one role plays a ton into the view or perspective that that church is going to have of that, uh, that particular calling. So do you sense that maybe there's a, a move towards that or, uh, do you sense that's still something that just needs work? I would say that chair one 
focus on this is vital. Um, I know that coming here, this church has never viewed me as as secondary. They've always seen me as one of the pastors of the church. Now, I think that's important, you know, kind of going back to that, be sure of your calling. Um, God places a great deal of emphasis on our ministry if we are called to be a pastor. And that is different than just, hey, I'm I'm volunteering or I am just a, a part-time paid person. You know, and now uh, that's not denigrating any of those roles because those are important, but we got to understand that there is a, a difference for those that have been called to the pastoral ministry. And so the cool thing is for where I'm at, Kirk has always considered me a pastor of the church and is treating me that way. And so the people treat me that way too often. The chair one role is treating that youth pastor, that student ministry worker, like the church mascot or, you know, that they're, oh, they're doing a great job, but you know, when they, they're going to be here a few years and then they're going to go pastor and they're going to have a real ministry, you know? And so that, that pulls down what people are thinking about, about student ministry as a whole and it, and that person, um, I think there is a move towards that. I think there, as what you were talking about, a move towards um, highlighting it and making sure that people understand that it is valuable. Um, but it is still, especially in some of our smaller churches, there's still that potential for it to be treated as, as a second, not just a chair two role, but as kind of a secondary minister. I know when I started, that was what it felt like. I'm, yay, I'm the youth and music guy, but I'm not a real pastor. And one of these days I'll be a real pastor and I'll, that means that I'll be preaching from a pulpit every Sunday. Uh, there's, there's a problem with that. Yeah. And I think if a guy finds himself in that role where, you know, I desire to be a pastor, I desire to serve, I want them to take this ministry seriously, Yeah. but I'm in a church that it's always been the mascot. It's always been, Oh, they're just, they're just ordering pizza, playing games and they do a Bible, Bible study. Well, you can begin to change that perspective be pastoral mm. in how you approach yeah. it. You don't have to just be studious and all you do is stand up and preach sermons, but be serious about the word, one. Definitely. Be serious about your study. Say, no, I'm spending time in studying. Mark out and let people know, no, I'm spending time in studying. It's not just pulling a book out and reading a devotional. There's some devotion to this. Be pastoral in how you approach things, how you deal with situations. Go visit, go see families that maybe not even, that don't have students. Be engaged in the whole church where, yeah, your primary is to students and to their families, but there are other people in the church and they may become volunteers if you get their heart as well. And so be pastoral, be pastoral in how you hold yourself, how you handle yourself. Don't always try to be the comedian in the room. Don't always try to be the one who is, um, has to be the, the life of the party type personality and just known as the fun person. Be serious at times. Be pastoral. And you can even, within that role, begin to shift the perspective of the people of the church and maybe even your chair one leader yeah. if you take it with a level of seriousness versus just treating it as a, hey, this is a job until I can get a real ministry job. Fantastic. One of the things that I, I would tell those that serve in student ministry, if you want to be taken more serious, find out when your your seniors meet. Not your high school seniors, but your your mature members, we'll put it that way, for those that are of a certain age, you know, when they're meeting, go hang out with them, spend time with them, 
and tr give them respect and show them respect and they will pray for your ministry. They will be your supporters of your ministry and they will see you more than just the guy who goes and plays games. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I agree. I, I'm so thankful for some pastors that I served with over the years that, um, you know, really, really saw me as a, a pastor on staff. Now, when I was, oh goodness, 20, 21, I think, I think even at 19, I was doing some youth ministry and I saw something uh, online, an article a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still kind of processing through it and maybe get your feedback on it a little bit. Basically the article said, Hey, we got to stop hiring 20 year old youth ministers. And the, the point being just some of those things we talked about, you know, uh, you know, it, it's not maybe real mature enough, real serious enough. And, uh, you know, that always tends to be, um, you know, maybe the stereotypical idea of what a youth minister ought to look like. But yeah, I think if a church can view that, hey, this role that we're, that we're, we're looking to hire um, needs to be someone with some maturity. So, uh, you know, whether you're 49 or, or 29, I mean, that age doesn't guarantee maturity, but I think the article made a good point that sometimes we entrust the discipleship of our families, uh, maybe to someone who's still trying to figure out life themselves. And so, don't get locked into going, well, we got to go find somebody young because that magically attracts young people. But at the same time, I'm so thankful that uh, some pastors invested in me at, you know, 19, 20 and 21 to let me do ministry and stuff like that. So so perhaps there is a, a spot where we go, hey, we believe and we recognize that God has a calling in your life and we want to help develop that. So while we're not going to play this game that one day you'll be a real minister, we also know that that there is a process for you to grow and and, and to get a better idea of how to disciple. And, and, and so how, how to structure maybe ministry to allow for that growth in the life of somebody that's young like that? Well, one of the things that I would say is, well, I, I'm thinking about my own son. My son is, he's finishing up his work at Washington Baptist University. He is earning his bachelor of music with worship arts emphasis. And during his time um, at school, he's been able to serve as an intern at a couple of different places. And I think that we don't do that enough. I don't think that we pull people into that intern type of role enough. Instead, we say, hey, we need somebody to speak to the students. So let's get some young guy and throw him in there. Um, man, how better would it be if we could pull somebody in, have them serve alongside, have them uh, help them grow in that process? And uh, I've seen a lot of growth in my own son as he's been able to intern in two different types of churches and two different types of settings. In fact, he, he's about to graduate, um, but he's going to go ahead and go into, uh, I believe it's the Cross Church School of Ministry up here in Northwest Arkansas. He's going to spend a year doing even more of that, just being in that growing type model. Now, I know that's hard, especially when you're dealing with smaller churches, how do we make that happen? But there's still opportunities for that. And so I'd encourage that. And then if we believe that student ministry is important, if we believe that it's valuable, then let's search out people of worth, put them in those roles and not look at their age. I've had a couple of different churches recently contact me and say, hey, we're looking for a student pastor. We want him to be in his late 20s or early 30s. Um, can you recommend anybody? And well, preferably, we'd like him to have 20 years of experience as well. Yes, there is that too. <laughs> that's right. Every, yes. Every time. That's it. I'm <laughs> like, well, listen, um, 
I think you need to look for for the man um, the, of God that is the right person for that setting. And I, I don't think that age should play into it, but I get it. I understand. I mean, I'm on the older side and, and I don't have people beating down my door. Hey, would you come be our student pastor? And um, that's okay. I don't, I'm not looking for that role. I love where I'm at. I love this, this new type of role with Student Ministry Matters and be able to coach and to help student pastors, um, especially as I, as I continue my education at Midwestern. Um, but it is, I think that we make a mistake by simply trying to plug in a certain age. Because as you said, in your late 20s, do you have your life together? Early 30s, are you ready um, to be instructing and encouraging and discipling families and parents because again student ministry to a large degree is family ministry and we've got to embrace that if we want to have a long-term impact yeah because you as a student pastor you only have a, a minute portion of time with those kids each week oh yeah at best so if you can take some more of your time and pour into those parents and families who are with them constantly or at least more you're gonna ha- your your the fruit of your ministry is going to go further and right. have more lasting impact because they're with them day in, day out. Whereas you might have it two or three hours a week at best. Yeah. When you look at the the number of hours in a week, I think there's 167. And if you're lucky, you're going to get an hour, two, maybe three with a student over the course of a week. And that's with your, your student ministry group. So you may have, if you have five students or if you have, 55 students, wherever you fall in in those categories, you have just such a small window. But if I can put some things out there for for parents, help them as they try to disciple their own students, man, long-term impact there. And that's what we want to do. We want to see that long-term impact. We come back to what we're talking about. See students who are sticking with the faith staying with it. I read something about statistics and you might can speak to this, that we hear all the time that students are leaving the church in just drastic numbers. But if you dig down into those numbers, really the ones who are truly connected, genuinely a part of the church and connected to their faith, the numbers not are not nearly as staggering. What we are seeing is the ones who are going away are the ones who are just loosely connected to a church and went to church at times. Right. Um, so it's that getting them connected deep and those deep connections, friendships, relationships um, that are keeping people in the church. Well, it is. It's not just the relationships, though. It's definitely a, a connection to God's word. If the parents have invested in their student, their children, and given them God's word, and those students know God's word, there's much more likelihood of them being a long-term a church attender, church member, uh, just connected to their faith. Uh, I believe it was Etch 2017 that was all about that sort of thing. You know, th- this understanding that if they know God's word, they're going to hang on to their faith. And we've got to figure out ways to pour that into them. I got a couple of questions for you as we start to wrap sure. things up today. Now, so you've got a lot of years over student ministry. What did you think would be the one of the uh the best changes in actual day-to-day student ministry things? What's one of the, or things that has changed student ministry the most? Wow, that's a good question. Ben's coming with the big question at the end there. So. <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. 
Um, I would say one of the, the, the better things that's happened over this past 30 years is just a greater emphasis on, on really knowing the word. And when I started, I, when I was starting in student ministry, when I was a teenager myself, it was all about activity. It was all about being involved in this or that um, and maybe how you lived your life. But now for me, and as what I've seen is there's this emphasis on really understanding God's word and helping students know their faith. So as they challenge and go out into this difficult world that they're about to enter into. That's good. Well, thanks for joining us, Dan. Now, student ministry, and we talked about it a little bit, Danny, you had roller coasters last weekend, and the student ministry and, and ministry itself can be a roller coaster. And part of student ministry is taking kids to ride roller coasters even at times. <laughs> so, so, Dan, fun question, favorite roller coaster? Oh, gosh. I have an extreme fear of heights. Um, so, so all was, of them are not on his list. Yeah, all of them are not on my list, but I will tell you, that my favorite roller coaster ride that I ever rode was with my own two children. We were on, I was at a, um, I was volunteering with the high school band, Harbor High School Band in Springdale, and we went to New York. So we were at the Six Flags in New Jersey, and they have a Superman ride because I'm a huge Superman fan, big old nerd. You look at my office, you would think I'd lost my mind. Anyway, they strap you into this thing, and then they point you to where you're facing down at the ground, and it's like you are literally flying around this course. In the first 30 seconds, I thought I was going to have a heart attack and then die. Um, after that 30 seconds, I thought, oh, okay, this is this is good. I'm not going to die. I'll be fine. We pull in, the, the ride resets you to where you're sitting upright, and then it wouldn't come unlocked from me. And I started to panic. I'm like, it's, it's over. Let's get out. I'm done. I've done this. I bought my souvenir, you know. Um, so favorite no, but uh, favorite memory. <laughs> I'll take that. That's good. We'll take that one. That's right. That's right. So, Dan, how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to connect with you or, you know, some mentoring or advice on dealing with student ministry or any other issue? Sure. If they want to reach out to us, they can visit our website at studentministrymatters.com or just simply email at info at studentministrymatters.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, just about every way you can reach us, we're out there. Yep, check out their podcast. Danny, it's been another fun week, fun episode. We thank yeah. everyone for joining us this week. Have a great one, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.